Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 4th of August, 2020. Have you ever known somebody who just seems so happy all of the time? No matter what is going on, it just seems like they have a smile on their face and a song in their heart. They're always upbeat and they really seem to have a hidden IV somewhere that's always just feeding their body with caffeine and energy. Do you know anybody like that? I'm grateful to have some people like that in my life. But if you looked at me and said, hey, I need you to be exactly like that, I would kind of feel like that's unachievable. Like those people who just seem so happy, happy, happy all the time, time, time. There's just something special and different about them and their disposition that I don't know, even if I tried as hard as I could, I don't know if I could be exactly like that. Well, when many people hear one of the commands that we're going to see in the Bible today, I think they have the same reaction. And I think part of it is they don't understand what the command is saying, but I think that we need to really work to understand what God is saying to us today so we can obey this specific command that I am sure you have heard before, rejoice in the Lord always. And that brings us to our first passage of the day, Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. And I have been referring so far to chapter 4, verse 4, which says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. And now we need to understand that this is not just some verse written for those happy people. And God is commanding you, if you are a Christian, to rejoice in the Lord always. Now, I want to be clear. You've got those people in your mind. That does not mean that you will instantly, suddenly look exactly like them. God created us different. Some of us have different personalities. Some of us have different dispositions. But God is commanding all of us to rejoice in the Lord always. That is not the same thing as just having a happy disposition all the time. In fact, some of the key words I want you to focus there is rejoice in the Lord always. Because you might even know some people that they're not even believers. Nothing about their joy really has to do with the Lord, but they do seem happy all the time. God is calling us as Christians to rejoice in the Lord always. And so while we need to be careful that we don't just use it as an excuse to say, well, I'm just not happy all the time. No, God is still expecting us to rejoice, to find some happiness and joy in the Lord every single day. And it's so key that it says they're in the Lord because you might think life can be tough. And we don't need to tell Paul that. He is writing this from a jail cell. He knows that life can be tough. Even worse than that, he knows how brutal life can be. But he is saying from a jail cell, rejoice in the Lord always. And so I want to encourage you to obey this command today. I don't know what's going on in your lives. Maybe there's things in your circumstances today causing you to rejoice. Or maybe there's just something in your life today that's hard. Wherever you fall on that spectrum, rejoice in the Lord today. And let's just think for a moment about some reasons you have today to rejoice in the Lord. 
Well, if you are a Christian, one thing is your sins are forgiven. And and there will not be a day that you live for the rest of your life where you cannot rejoice in the Lord because your sins are forgiven. That though your sins were red, like scarlet, they can be washed white as snow. And if you are a Christian, they have been washed white as snow through the blood of Jesus Christ. They have been nailed to the cross and you don't bear those sins anymore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. See, that, that's how we can rejoice in the Lord. Even if you're in a trial, you can say, God, thank you. My sins are forgiven. And I want to rejoice in that. Like we talked about yesterday, if you are a Christian, you have a home in heaven that you can rejoice in today. And there is nothing that can take that heavenly inheritance away from you. Do you need to take some time today and think about your home in heaven and rejoice in it? That might be something helpful for you to do today to obey this command. Also, if you are a Christian, another thing that you can rejoice in today is the reality that God is on the throne. God is on the throne. And whatever decisions are being made around you at your work or in our nation or in your community, whatever is going on, God is on the throne. And not one molecule of this universe is out of control. God is in control of everything. And he right now is sitting on the throne. And so that's where we can see this shouldn't be based on our circumstances. And it might not look like all of a sudden I have a bubbly disposition, but today I can rejoice in the Lord because my sins are forgiven. I have a home in heaven and God is on the throne. And even that, you you see, if you're really telling yourselves things like that, you are seeking to control your thoughts instead of letting your thoughts control you, which that's what we're going to see later in this passage. We're going to see this warning that uh, we should not be anxious about anything in verse six, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, That, that we want to Look at things and not be worried about them, but instead to pray about them and even to give thanks to God, maybe for some of the things that we've already mentioned. And then in verse eight, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's another command. Think about these things things, that we need to control our minds. And again, we might not be able to magically change our dispositions, but if we control our thoughts and we focus on things that are true, things that are just, and really we turn our minds to the character of God and the realities about him, then I think we will find more victory in being able to rejoice in the Lord always. Not a day should go by in the Christian life where we can't find some measure of joy because of who God is and what he has done. But to get there, we can't always just let our thoughts control us. We must control them, point them to God, point them to what is ultimately true so that we might rejoice in the Lord. And one of the passages that we've been looking at now the last couple days has really encouraged me personally to do that. And that is Psalm 91. In Psalm 91, yesterday we read verses 1 through 8, and today we're reading the second half of this psalm. 
And it's been so encouraging. And remember, it starts, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And as we pick it up today in verse 9, it says, Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And then the last three verses are God really speaking to somebody saying, hey, because that person is holding on to me in love, I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to answer them. And what an encouragement that can be to us. And clearly, when we read through all the Psalms, we understand that this does not mean put your trust in Jesus and you'll never have another worry or care or trial again. No, clearly, we see that in spades in the Psalms. But we see that even in the midst of all that, God will be with us and God will protect us. And what an encouragement that should be to all of us today to put our trust in Christ knowing that he is with us. There will be no evil allowed to befall us that is uncontrolled by by God. He is there to protect us. He is the hedge around us and he is good and he loves us. What an encouragement to us. What a reason even today to rejoice in the Lord. Now let's turn to our reading from the Gospels today in Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 62. And I want to focus on the last part of this passage where people are coming to Jesus. And one, you know, he says what you would think uh, you want somebody to say to Jesus. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. But then we're going to see Jesus respond to three different people with these statements, really telling them, hey, that's not an easy thing. What you're saying, if you want to follow me, that's going to be intense. First, he says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm basically homeless traveling around doing ministry. You want to be homeless? Follow me. And to another, he says, leave the dead to bury their own dead. That would have shocked the person. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Hey, you're not going to be able to be concerned with some of these worldly things. You've got to go focus on the kingdom. And finally, Jesus said to someone, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Three intense statements. But even we consider what we looked at in Psalm 91. I think what should encourage us to follow Christ, even when it's frightening, even when it will demand sacrifices from us, is we know He's our refuge. We know I live in the shadow of the Almighty. I know, hey, maybe I won't have a place to rest my head, but no evil will be allowed to befall me because God is my protector. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. So it's clear that the Christian life on one level, I guess a human level, involves a ton of risk, saying I'm going to forsake things to follow Christ. But really, from a heavenly perspective, following Christ and making sacrifices for him involves no risk at all because God is absolutely in control. He is our protector 
and we know we'll spend eternity with him. This is why the missionary Jim Elliott said that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And what is good for us to be reminded of today as we seek to live for the Lord. Now, as we conclude our time on revival from the Bible today, we're also concluding our reading of first and second Chronicles. And so since it's the last chapter of Chronicles, it doesn't really end well for the kingdom of Judah. Finally, we see the nation sent into captivity. But what I want you to know, especially as you look at chapter 36, which if you have an English Standard Version, the headline over that chapter is probably something like Judah's decline. I want you to know even in that how patient God is. Look at there are several wicked kings mentioned before it finally ends. And look at verse 15 and 16. It says, The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at the prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. We see God, even until the end, was was patient. He continued to send prophets. He continued to call his people to turn back. But they were stubborn and they rejected him. And that's when we see ultimately the exile and the temple destroyed. But even then, I want you to note that's not the end of the story. Really, 2 Chronicles doesn't have that sad of an ending because it ends with the proclamation of Cyrus, a king of Persia, who would come and would send people back saying, God has charged me to build a house in Jerusalem. And he commissions them to go and rebuild the temple. So even chapter 36 tells us of the exile. It also makes clear God was not done with his people. And I believe God is still not done with his people. Our God keeps his promises. And maybe that's just another reason for us today to rejoice in the Lord always. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.